further ado, let's bring in BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Hawes. He's been playing professionally for a number of years now, but he's coming back to Salt Lake City to play in the TBT uh, next weekend. We've, there's actually been some games going on this weekend. Tyler, thanks again for joining us. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing fine. Fine Saturday afternoon. I guess my first question for you, Tyler, is why play in the basketball tournament this year? I know there's been rumors about you wanting to play in this in the past or not wanting to play, etc. What made you make this decision to play this year? Yeah, I think the tournament's growing. Uh, every year it gets a little bit bigger, and um, it's just a great opportunity to play some high-level summer ball. I mean, um, you look at the teams and and the history of this thing, it, it's it's a it's a big deal in the summertime, and and so um, you know TJ Fredette, Jimmer's brother, has reached out a few years, and and I wanted to give it a go this year, and and see how it goes, and I'm excited, look really looking forward to it. You mentioned some of the high level teams, Ty, that are playing in uh, in TBT this year, and we're actually watching uh, Loyalty Is Love and KBC right now as we record this interview, um, which is. Loyalties Love is one of those high-level teams, but you've got some pretty high-level players that you're going to be playing with on Team Fredette. Uh, guys that I know BYU fans will probably remember Darrington Hobson, for better or for worse, from New Mexico, and um, and uh, guys like uh, Jeff Ledbetter from uh, from Idaho, uh, last year's star Jordan Crawford, who played at Bowling Green. Have you gotten to know some of your teammates, and what do you kind of make of the roster of Team Fredette around you? Yeah, I think it's a great roster that they put together. Um, you know, I, I I really just know names. Um, I know I, I've seen these guys play before and, uh, you know, played against a couple of them, but never actually met them or, or talked with them. And so um, it will be kind of a unique challenge. Uh, I mean, th- these are high-level guys that have tons of experience playing around the world. Um um, but it, you know the, the challenge will be to come come together quickly and uh, make winning the most important thing, and um, try try and you know have have one goal in mind for everyone. Um, but really excited. I mean, all these guys know how to play ball, and um, you know I think a couple practices will be good. Well, well, and, and speaking of high level ball. What's it like getting to play for Dave Rose once again? Because he wasn't originally going to coach Team Fredette, uh, and then he suddenly wound up with a little bit of time on his hands this spring after retiring, so now he gets to coach you for another summer, and that's got to be really exciting for you, I'm sure, right? Yeah, you know, I think he has the itch to get back in the gym. Um, you know, this is this is the first spring and summer he hasn't been out on the recruiting trail or thinking about the next season, and so I think it's a – a cool opportunity for him to um, to get back on the basketball floor and and coach. And I never thought I'd get the opportunity to to be on the same floor as him again. And so it'll be a lot of fun just getting out there and competing with him. And um, you know, hopefully he calls a few plays for me. <laughs> I would guess you being the leading scorer in BYU basketball history that his familiarity with your game probably will lead to a few more plays being called for you. But you mentioned the fact that you know names, you know reputations of these guys, but you haven't gone on the court with them. How much uh, organization or how much um, 
uh, direction do you expect Coach Rose to provide you guys with going into this? Um, I think it'll be just um, some basic structure and uh, basic framework to, to work from. I mean, these are some really talented guys we're playing with, some guys that could really shoot the ball and um, score in different ways. And so um, I think there will be a heavy emphasis on on running and playing playing fast, moving the, getting the ball up the floor. Um, but Coach Rose is all about just playing with uh, aggressiveness and playing on attack. And so I don't expect anything less of that. Um, just sharing the ball and and playing on attack, playing up tempo, and um, you know if you have a good shot, shoot it. That, that was that was Coach Rose's philosophy. My time at BYU was just we, we got to find a good shot, and um, you know that will be a challenge uh, with with guys flying in just the night before, a couple days before. Is is you know if we're gonna come together and win a couple of games, we, we got to make, you know, sharing the ball a high priority and just getting good shots a high priority. And so I think that'll be his focus. Obviously the focus is is right there on, on gelling and coming together as a team, trying to make a run at the uh, $2 million winner-take-all grand prize in TBT. Um, there's also some prize money being dished out for wins and for regional wins and that kind of thing. Um, you, you guys are taking that one game at a time, we know, so we won't ask you to prognosticate too much more on TBT, Ty. But a lot of BYU fans I know, they're, they're interested in what you've been up to the last couple of years because I know you've been over in Europe playing ball for a while. You just barely completed a season with Huesca in Spain. So how, how has your game kind of evolved? How are you different as a basketball player over the last couple of years of, of being a professional and, and honing that craft as opposed to, to when you graduated from BYU? Yeah, it's been quite the adventure for sure. Um, I've played two years in Spain, a year in Poland, um, and then spent some time in Canada and Italy. And so I've kind of been all over the place. And yeah, I've had to, I've had to grow my game. I've had to evaluate weaknesses and um, find ways to to get better. Uh, the European game is very different than than the game here um but i feel like um i feel like i'm a better scorer than i than i was when when i left byu um obviously a big emphasis on my game has been extending my range like i i'm so comfortable in the mid-range stuff pull-up game um so I, i've had a heavy emphasis on expanding my game and being a threat from um, from the three and beyond three, um, but then being a little bit more comfortable with the ball and ball screen situations and making good decisions with passing and knowing knowing the right time to you know push it a little bit more and get a shot uh, as opposed to you know continuing to get into the offense or find a find a guy in the corner for a three or a little dump off pass to the big um just little details of the game um with more with with the ball more in my hands um you know because i i i feel like i'm so comfortable coming off ball screens and finding ways to create space and get open coming coming off a down screen or a simple pin down action um so just 
every year you just you look for ways to to get better and you know hone in on those fine details. Yeah, Tyler, you were a guy, anybody that watched BYU basketball during your time there does remember you being just stellar in the mid-range game, coming off those ball screens and shooting from anywhere between 15 and 18 feet, it felt like, was money for you. You said you've made an emphasis on expanding your game. Is that just kind of you seeing where basketball is going, where the emphasis is on either shooting the three or getting to the rim and trying to adapt to that style in your own game? For sure. There, there's a little bit of that, but I think, um, you know, some of my best games at BYU were when I could, I could knock down, you know, two, at least two to three three-pointers and get a guy to, to chase out on me to the three-point line. And then, you know, tons of stuff opens up from that. You got a pump fake. You can, you know, use people's aggressiveness against, uh, against them. Um, you know, you're just you're looking for ways to to get better and, and grow your game. And um, you know, I've 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 tried to be a be a threat in in scoring many different ways. Not just not just a mid range, but trying to get a few buckets in transition, trying to get to the foul line a couple of times a half. Um, you know, ball screen situations, but just trying to be a threat from from a few different. A few different things has has helped me be a good scorer. Ty Coach Rose was telling us the other day that uh, he's he's looking forward to just one of these practices because he's going to put you out on the court one on one against uh, his assistant coach, a guy named Jimmer. You might have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may have. Are you, are you ready to take on uh, Jimmer for that? Your old teammate. <laughs> Come on, yeah, let's go. Roll the ball out there. Let's do it. I think BYU fans actually pay some money to see that one go down. Uh, Tyler Hawes joining us here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, Ty, when it comes to this tournament, this basketball tournament, you've been playing overseas. Has there been? Uh, has there been? Has this? Re- I guess the easiest way to say it is: Has this tournament resonated overseas, or do you still feel like this is something that is still growing just here in the United States, and maybe one day will expand out to the international game as well? I mean, you you hear about it from from guys over there. Um, there's there's been a number of guys that I've played with that, you know, they every year they they find a team to play on in the summertime, and and I think guys are just they're looking for ways to stay sharp um, heading into their season, looking for ways to get just get out there and compete and play against some good players, and and so it. This thing, it, this tournament definitely is is growing, and I mean, it obviously gets a lot of attention every year. And so, um, you know, that would be cool if it expanded internationally, but uh, we'll see. Okay, I got to ask you. You said you've been playing overseas. You've been to Italy. You've been to Spain, Poland, Canada. Where's been the most scenic and your favorite place that they've taken your wife and your young family so far? Oh man, yeah. Every every experience has been different and and awesome at the same time. I mean, I think we we've loved Spain. Both of our years in Spain were really really cool. We uh, we spent a year in Santiago de Compostela in right above Portugal in Spain. There's tons of history there. Um, you know, there's a there's a pilgrimage that people take. 
um, that ends in Santiago at this cathedral right in the center of center of the town. And so people from all you'd see people from all over the world coming there. Um, so I mean that was cool. This last year we were in um, small town in the northeastern part, right on the border of France by the Pyrenees Mountains. Um, just really really beautiful spots and. You know, you don't have a ton of time off, but there, there's some weekends, like after a game, you might get one or two days off. And so, you know, we we tried to take every opportunity to, to drive, you know, one, two, three hours to, to different cities. And, you know, there's, there's so many cool spots to see. Um, but we loved our time in Poland as well. I mean, saw some really cool spots. We had... Um, you know, there was a there was a Marriott in in Warsaw. It was a few hours from the city we we lived in, so we we spent a lot of time down at that that Marriott and touring Warsaw and and obviously all the history that um, in that in that country and just some some really cool things off the court. We feel like it's been the best thing for our our little Haas clan and um, met some amazing people. You find that there's there's really, really good people everywhere. And, you know, there's been people that have taken us under their wing and been, been very kind to us. And so lots of good memories for sure. We'll get you out here on this one, Ty, uh, the hard hitting journalistic questions, because I know that, uh, I know you, you spoke to Gallic from serving your uh, church mission over in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably picked up a little bit of Polish maybe from your year in Poland, but you've been in Spain mm-hmm. so long. How's your Spanish? And maybe more importantly, have you learned any Basque or uh, Galician? From your <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you ask that because, like, there, we would run into some people that would be speaking Galician or, or Basque, and and they'd switch back and forth between Spanish and, and <laughs> it really – really made things confusing in in little stores and grocery stores and you know you're trying to learn and pick up as much as you can and when people start switching switching languages it's like oh man what what am i doing but we had i mean it, it led to a lot of good laughs like lots of people would just look at us like what like we're crazy americans and what are we doing in their in their cities but um, my wife and I, you know, at least a couple of times a day would just look at each other like, well, what's going on? But we, I mean, we, we don't speak fluent Spanish by any means, but we, we learned enough to get by and, um, could communicate a little bit. Awesome. Well, that's good. That's yeah. Good. Tyler, best of luck. We're going to be watching it in the TBT coming up this coming weekend at the Maverick Center out there in West Valley City. Excited to see what you and Coach Rose can dial up and maybe throw back the clock a little bit in terms of your guys' time at BYU together, et cetera. All right? All right. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. No, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. There you go. Tyler Hawes, former BYU star, and great stuff. I, I'm excited to see what this team can do because uh, Jim trilingual Refugia, kid now speaking Tagalog exactly, and Spanish as well exactly. as English. That's it's crazy. I, it wouldn't surprise me at some point if he ends up playing in um, the Philippines. I don't know. We'll see if, it, if, if that eventually 
pans out that way. But we'll take a time out here, come back on the other side. Uh, we've got about a half hour left on the show. We'll catch up on everything going on. We'll update you on what's going on in the TBT. There's been a lot going on with the action. Isaiah Austin, the former Baylor star playing in this tournament, Sean. Of course, uh, a lot of people remember him and his career cut short in most people's eyes, most people's eyes when he was uh, diagnosed with that heart condition or that congenital issue that uh, forced him to withdraw from the NBA draft. But Still exciting all the same all the way around to see him finally back out on a basketball court. So we'll catch up on that and everything else going on in the sports world next, right here on the Saturday show. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Having a lot of fun on a Saturday afternoon, Sean. I know you've never done extensive radio. How's your experience been so far? Like I mean, so far, so good, and okay. I think, like I said in an earlier segment, I haven't sworn on air yet, so once again, <laughs> get the dump button ready, let's get it ready. Not, it's queued up. Let's, okay. not, let's not swear on okay. air. That's a bad idea. But I haven't done it yet, so I'll, I'll call that a success. Okay, well, okay, sweet, awesome. All right, Sean, uh, let's hit a couple of the headlines here we've talked about earlier in the show, kind of rehash them for our listeners that are tuning in maybe a little bit later on this afternoon, whether you're out and about or just hanging out at home. Thanks again for tuning in. We are brought to you by Stockton 12 Honda down there in the Utah Auto Mall. Check, stop by, check them out. Southtown Auto Mall, 10860 South State Street. Got great deals going on. Sean already admitted he is a Honda guy. so Big Honda guy. Maybe he'll be stopping by Stockton 12 at some point to check out their inventory of vehicles. Shout out to Stockton. All right, uh, Sean, the Utah Jazz earlier today announced the signings of Emmanuel Moutier, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis. That completes what all of us, I think most of us, expect to be their training camp roster come October when they get back on the court together. What have your impressions of the Jazz, and, and, and like guys like Jeff Green to me scream, the Jazz have made an imprint with what they've done so far under Quinn Snyder, but now with guys like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on the upswing of their careers, heading into star status, superstar status, and maybe in some cases, guys like Jeff Green to me signing with the Jazz screams to me that this guy sees an opportunity to do something special in his mind with a team like the Jazz this coming season. Yeah, people just want to be part of the Jazz. They want to come to Utah. They Hold they on, Salt Lake City to... is a destination? Salt Lake City is a little bit of a destination. Can we like, ring a bell or something like that? Because that <laughs> never happens. We got the hashtag nightlife here in SLC. <laughs> hashtag nightlife. <laughs> Shout out to Steph. Uh, but no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that point. I mean, th- we're, we're seeing a little bit of an improvement just in terms of the, the face of the Utah Jazz organization. And I think you've got to give a lot of props to Donovan Mitchell for that, for going out and speaking well of the town. And, and even Rudy, uh, yeah. Rudy Gobert has done that, where, you know, every time they, they get an interview with the national media outlet or just even online, on social media, whatever, there's, there's so much talk about just what a great place Utah is to live. I mean, sorry. I mean, Utah's a terrible place. Don't move here. We don't want you here. Uh, <laughs> you can come here. Just don't clog up our golf courses, yes, okay? Yes, exactly. There we go. But but you're seeing kind of that shift in attitude, that shift in mentality from within the NBA, and I, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing for the Jazz. I think it's a good thing for the people of Utah. Um, and, and you're already seeing it just with this new group. One guy that I really like, and you mentioned Jeff Green, and, and I, I think – spoke glowing words about him that we don't need to necessarily add on because he is that type of guy that that the Jazz want and even need to try to chase a title. Um, now that Ed Davis is formerly a Jazz man, 
as announced today by Jazz PR. Um, I think this is a huge signing. Yeah, I think this is a really big deal because a lot of talk in this offseason is the Jazz were shuffling and reshuffling and trying to figure out how to bring in the pieces that they need and who they were going to have to let go. And some of their some of the cuts were really, really painful. Yeah. I think one of the most painful ones was a guy who's going to be playing in New Orleans now this year in Derek Favors. Yes, very much so. A lot of fans are really sad to see Favors leave. Uh, jazz management even is really sad to see their local leave. media His members teammates, who are sad to see him leave. yeah so many people are, are are just really sad and and i certainly wish Derek favors all the best the years that he's given to this jazz organization into the state of utah have been awesome yeah. um i really think he's stepping into a great situation right now with the pelicans him and zion williamson patrolling the paint is going to be fun over the next year two three however long uh they're together I think that's going to be awesome. But now, as the Jazz kind of turned the page from that, yes, there were reasons, mostly business reasons, to let go of Derek Favors. But then the question was, well, who do you get to bring in that kind of fills that spot? And by that spot, I mean a guy who can play the four and also back up Rudy at the five, who can defend the five, who's not afraid to attack the rim. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And, and and you couldn't necessarily get somebody quite like Derek Favors to step into that role. And while I don't think Ed Davis is Derek Favors, that would be really dumb of me to say yeah. on the radio. <laughs> so go ahead and isolate that sound. Um, uh, you know, I know you can cut that up. Whatever, that's fine. It's on the record now. Exactly. So, so I, I don't think Ed Davis is Derek Favors, and I'm not saying that at all. But I do think Davis gives you a comparable fill-in for what okay. the Jazz need in that same spot. He's a nine-year NBA veteran, averaged six and a half points and 6.8 rebounds in his journeyman career, Toronto, the Lakers, Portland, uh, Brooklyn, uh, et cetera. I mean, but but he's, so he's that guy who can kind of step in and back up Rudy and can maybe start a couple games at, at the four and can really just give you that boost off of the bench. Um that, again, the Derek Favors has been doing for the last couple of years, starting here and there, and now Favors gets to kind of go move into a bigger role, and the Jazz still get a guy that can fit what Favors has been giving the last couple of years. I, I rambled a little bit, no, but maybe no, that makes sense. No, you, you do make sense. Ed Davis, I had multiple people I talked to, and multiple people we had on air here on the Zone Sports Network that said that the, the price tag the Jazz paid to get a guy like Ed Davis is the two, reported two years, $10 million was a bargain in their minds. They thought Ed Davis, for what he's done in his time with Brooklyn, his time in Portland, they said he's the consummate um, professional teammate. He's a guy who's willing to do the dirty work. He's exactly what the Jazz need in their backup five behind a Rudy Gobert to come in and really just keep things rolling for them. I, I completely agree with you. Ed Davis is, I think, one of those signings. You look at the guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, the trade for Mike Conley. Those take the headlines, and for good reason. Those, those are the sexy signings, yeah. for sure. But a guy like Ed Davis, his signing is a savvy move by a front office that understands what Ed Davis can offer to this team, and especially when you consider what they're trying to replace in Derek Favors. Uh, P.S., by the way, New Orleans with Derek Favors at center could actually be pretty dang good this fall and this coming NBA season. That's that, just, that lineup up and down in the Pelicans is going to be really nice. Yeah, I think he's 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 got a good spot for himself, but that's just an aside to this. But getting back to what I was saying, a guy like Ed Davis – adds to what the Jazz are doing. He's a guy who's going to come in and know his role and do what he's asked to do. I think a guy like Jeff Green 
also understands that he's coming in to be a, a professional, to lead this locker room, to provide shooting off the bench. He's got, and Jeff Green, he's not just a spot-up shooter. He actually had more dunks a year ago than Donovan Mitchell did. <laughs> and he's been in the he NBA, did. what, for 13 years or something like that at this point in his career? It's been quite a while. He's He's been in the league for quite uh, a while. 12 seasons. 12 seasons, yeah, 12 okay. Seasons. But it's... What the Jazz did, and all credit goes to the front office over there, with Justin Zanuck, or as PK likes to call him, Jay-Z. Come play for Jay-Z. I don't know if Jay-Z. you've heard that. It's been an ongoing thing with DJ and PK. But also De- because PK's got a New York state of mind. Absolutely, absolutely. You are correct. But also, Dennis Lindsay, what they've done is they went out and they kind of surveyed what the NBA landscape looked like, looked at their roster, and said, okay, how can we enhance what we already have but also understanding we're going to lose a piece like a Derek Favors most likely in this scenario. How can we make up for that loss? And I think they've done an admirable and a commendable job in building this roster, how it looks right now. The rosters all around the NBA, especially in the, this Western Conference, are all on paper. A lot of them look, okay, this is going to be a dogfight this coming season. But the nice part is the Utah Jazz are right in the middle of that and look like they'll be fighting right alongside everybody else. Yeah, the West just got so good this offseason. What do you mean? I thought the East was coming back. Both, I mean, both L.A. teams yeah. got so much better. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are still the Warriors, even without Kevin Durant. I mean, even Sacramento got better. Like, when Sacramento's getting better, you're going, oh, oh, hold up. What's the West going to look like right now? I mean, everybody short of, of Phoenix, I think, got significantly better. Even Denver. Even, yeah. even our... our our anti friends over there. I won't quite say enemies, but our anti friends over there. Our frenemies. Yeah, our frenemies. There you okay. go. In the Nuggets, I, I think even they got better. So yeah. the West is going to be an absolute dogfight this year, um, and the Jazz have taken several steps to say we're going to be in the middle of that dogfight. Yeah, I'm not calling for the Jazz to win an NBA title. Again, you better be. You Come can on. isolate that sound, uh, but You're I think all they're kinds of stuff. We're gonna have some fun with. Yeah, I think they're going to be in the middle of the dogfight though. I, I agree with you, and that's the fun part. Of this coming f- season, Jazz fans have a lot to be excited about. I'm guessing that Vivint Smart Home Arena, which we're sitting in right now, come the forty whatever forty one regular season games and however many preseason games, expecting every game this coming season, it's going to be a full house and going to be loud. There's ex- there's expectations for this team, and I'm not saying that it's championship or bust mentality for the Jazz right now. But I think we've seen the evidence of this offseason in the NBA in general, Sean, shows that championship windows exist maybe for two years now. You've got about two years. That's what the Jazz kind of set their roster up. they got two years here to really see what they can do. Here's a comparison for you because I know how much you like comparisons. And sports radio loves comparisons. I love comparisons. Come on. Is this, on paper, is this the best Utah Jazz roster since 98? That 98, 99, 2000 era? I know some people would say maybe the 2008 Western Conference Finals team would be would be one on that list. But I, just me speaking, Sean, a guy who grew up here in the state of Utah, rooted for the Jazz as a youngster all growing up, I think you're right. I absolutely think this is the best roster since the Finals era of the Utah Jazz with John and Carl, the statues as we call them here on the station a lot of the times. This roster on paper right now, I think very much is the is in terms of top to bottom talent. Yeah, it's right up there. It's 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 really really deep and it's really really good. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you because I think what I think what this 
team, again, on paper, they haven't played a game yet, so mm-hmm. everybody's undefeated, but on paper, I think what this team has, that kind of the, the heyday of, of uh, Darren Williams and, and Carlos Boozer and those teams, I think what they didn't have quite as much as this team does is depth. Um, you can you can give guys time off. You can rotate guys. You're you know you're still going to be relying on Donovan and on Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert and some of those stars, sure. But you've got guys that are able to come off the bench and that can give you not just minutes but quality minutes yeah. off the bench to where there's not this huge drop off, where there's this this true NBA caliber roster. Even when your starters have to sit, because nobody's gonna be nobody's gonna play, you know, forty minutes a night. I no. mean, it's just it, it, that would just be dumb. To In this day that. and age of the like, NBA, load management is a thing, and it's here to stay. <laughs> load management, it is here to stay. Plain and simple. You're right. There, the nice part is in I, I, David James DJ yesterday asked David Locke about um, the Jazz in terms of what it looks like the starting lineup's going to be, and he had he had Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert is the starting five. And he was like, David, what are teams going to do when you have either Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley instigating a or begin, uh, doing a pick and roll with Rudy Gobert? Then come and then on in both corners, you've got Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, who in the recent past, the past two years, have had 40% three-point shooting seasons multiple times, and their options on the wings, along with whoever's not running that pick and roll at maybe the top or the corner to shoot a three. And David said, yeah, I'm not sure what opposing teams are going to do to defend that. Yeah, Golden State still got the Splash Brothers and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, but Utah's bringing in the Splash Uncles. Okay, we had the Splash Uncles a year ago with Kyle Korver. I've actually heard Kyle one. Korver was not your crazy uncle. I'm sorry, Jazz that. fans. He wasn't one of your uncles. But there, no, I've actually got a better one. No, I've heard, I'm putting some, my foot down on that one. I've had one that has been tossed out on social media that I like better for both Boyan and Joe here. And let me, Bojangles. 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 Come on, Eric. You on board with that? Listen, Jingles is one of my favorite nicknames in the entire world. We're going Bojangles. I think is Bojangles. Bo, Bojangles, but it, it can't it can't we can, be. Yeah, we can go Bojangles, I guess, if we really want to. But I, I think we, it's the we one. need a chicken sponsorship on the show now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, that's the one I was thinking of. It's kind of interesting to see how it all shakes out. I know we we're going to get to some other headlines here, but I think my final thought is, is that Utah Jazz fans should be very excited this coming fall, and I. I think that the expectation is this team should make a run at least at the Western Conference Finals, Sean. But as you mentioned earlier on in the segment, this this Western Conference, it's going to be a bloodbath every night. These teams, you lose one game, another team wins another game. The seeding and the tiebreakers at the end of the year are going to be imperative for teams like the Utah Jazz. But the nice part is, as you and I have both said at points during today's show, the Utah Jazz very much like, like look like a team that is ready and waiting to take on whatever the West has got for them. Bring it on, boys. Bring it on. All right. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show, put a bow on it, and get you ready for the movie zone. That's all coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Thanks for joining us right here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch. He is Sean Walker. We got Eric Jensen behind the glass running the ship. 
Thanks again for joining us. Uh, brought to you today by our good friends at Stockton 12 Honda. Go on and check them out at the Southtown Auto Mall, 10860 South State Street. Absolutely massive selection of Hondas, and go on and check them out. We love going down there on remotes. We were there last week. Looking forward to going down next time. We usually end up there about a, every, once every month or so. And Sean yesterday was actually severely disappointed when I told him we actually had to be in studio doing this show rather than being on the road. So upset. I know. And you said, I only do remotes. I'm like, well, you missed out last week apparently. So maybe at some point you can come down to Stockton 12 Honda with us. And I, I can only ones. hope. You know who wasn't missing out this weekend, though? Who's that? Shout out to Willie Reed from the Salt Lake City Stars. Okay. Put back Buzz. Put back basket to uh, reach the Elam ending and send team loyalty to the TBT Lexington Regional Final. Sweet. Just now. Good for you, Willie Reed. Shout out to Willie Reed. Yeah, uh, Salt Lake City star standout. Actually suffered a season-ending shoulder surgery midway through last season, but he's recovered now. He played with the Utah Jazz during their summer league run there, and now he's playing in the basketball tournament. He was a guy I thought, Sean, at one point actually stood a decent chance of making the Jazz roster, and as it stands right now, it doesn't appear to be that case, but I'm hopeful he finds a place in the NBA. I think he's got NBA skills. I think he's got Utah Jazz skills. I mean, I, like, I think yeah. he would be great on this Jazz roster. I mean, unfortunately, there's only so many roster spots, and uh, and uh, Justin Zanuck, Dennis Lindsay, et al. think otherwise. But man, I'd love to see him stick around. And and who knows? I mean, maybe he comes back and plays with the Stars if nothing else materializes down the road. Absolutely. Um, one thing I failed to note earlier in the show today: we're celebrating today the 50th anniversary. Of the United States landing on the moon. That's true. That is true. Crazy to think that. 1969. If I can give a little plug for uh, one of my colleagues over at KSL.com, Carter Williams just barely put together a 50-year in memoriam of that infamous moon landing. He's got photos and newspaper clips over there. Um, And then he uh, he also reached out to a couple of Utahns who remember that day and Okay. Kinda, yeah, he's got them over there. So head on over to KSL.com. You can check that out. So he kind of cool. like their memories of this event and whatnot. Yeah, it it, uh, it kind of started out as an oral history, okay. and then we don't really do oral histories over there, so we changed that up a little bit. Uh-huh. But there's a lot of good stuff in there. Like I said, photos, videos, newspaper clippings, um, all of that. It's pretty cool stuff. That's awesome. I Here's the thing. I, was, I wasn't around for this event and whatnot, but – the idea. Of hold on, hold on. Are you revealing your age? Yes, I'm revealing my okay. age. I was not even. I'm not even close to being around on this rock when this happened. But stuff like this is really cool to me. Space exploration's always been a cool, fascinating topic for me. I know I work in sports media. I work in sports radio, that genre. But just to think that Americans stood on the moon. We've sent multiples of of spacecraft out into this down to the greater beyond, Sean. Just a fascinating thing to me. It's cool that we're celebrating 50 years of space exploration and, in particular, stepping foot on the moon. I think it was kind of cool. I forgot about that. I meant to mention it earlier on today's show. So, And next up to Mars. Next maybe. up, yeah, maybe at some point. Maybe. Like, like, that'd be really cool. Possibly. Uh, I'd, hey. I wanted to ask yeah. the car sense guys this, but okay. it never really came up. Over what? under, like, 25.5 years until we land a person on Mars. So let's see, we're in 2019. So you're thinking 2045 ish, 2050 ish, somewhere you, in there? You decide, over or under? Um, I would say under. I would say by 2050, I think we have somebody on the red planet. 
Yeah, I'm going to go well under on that. Oh, I, wow. Okay. I think it happens in the next 10 or 12 years. Cool. Wow. All right, well. Cool. All right, well, we got to Just landing? Just landing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. landing. I think it happens. I think it happens pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. Like in the next decade. All right, well, we will wrap things up for Eric, for Sean. I'm Jay Catch. Thanks again for joining us this afternoon here on the Zone Sports Network. We'll be back next Saturday. Make sure to check out the podcast. If you missed any part of today's show, we actually have a specific podcast feed, The Saturday Show. You can find it on all the major podcatchers and catch up on the show that way. Thanks again for joining Spotify us. Spotify right now. And you can also you can also uh, find the Tyler Hawes interview and the Mark Matson. Sweet. Awesome. They're up there as well, so check that out. Thanks again for joining us. This has been The Saturday Show right here here on the Zone Sports Network.